Welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast, where we tackle teaching challenges from a biblical perspective. Why are we here? Because we don't believe that our spiritual walk and teaching profession should exist in two separate domains. Rather, the hope we have in Christ should change how we approach everything, not just at home, but at school as well. So join us as we explore both the spiritual and practical sides of key teaching challenges, integrating them together so we can succeed at teaching, glorify God, and make a lasting difference in our students' hearts and lives. This episode is brought to you in part by Gospel Adventures. Gospel Adventures is a free five-day curriculum for grade school and middle school aged youth. Use the videos, music, and printable curriculum to walk kids through the experience of meeting kids just like them from another part of the world. Sing about God's love and discuss the God sightings you see throughout the week. Be sure to join us for this year's trip to India. Gospel Adventures Celebrate India is available now. Learn more or register for free at gospeladventures.org. Well, we do welcome you back to this series on effective classroom management. So far, we've talked, first of all, about the kind of classroom management that God has called us to. And then last week, we talked about three common classroom management mistakes. Today, I want to share with you a four-step process that you can use to create a better managed classroom where things run smoothly, where there are fewer disruptions, and where your students are able to focus and learn. So this is the process that we teach in the all-new Classroom Management 101 program and that we used to teach in the mentorship, but now we've reincorporated it and released a new program called the All-New Classroom Management 101 that walks teachers through this process. So I want to teach you the process, though, and tell you the steps um, that we teach in the program and that you can use to create your classroom management plan and then implement it into your classroom. First of all, though, I will say if you missed last week, you're probably going to want to go back and pick that up because we talked in there a lot about the importance of creating a plan and also some common classroom management mistakes. So don't forget to go back and listen to that episode as well. It provides some really um, important background information for this episode. Today, though, we're going to be talking about the smooth running classroom process, this process that we use to create and then implement a classroom management plan. And there are four steps to it. I'm going to tell you them here, and then I'll go through them in detail. So step one is plan. So that means you write your plan, create your classroom management plan. Step two is practice, where you put your plan into action and practice responding consistently. Step three is prevent and adjust, where you troubleshoot areas that aren't working and make sure you're doing everything you can to prevent issues in the first place. And then step four is restart. And that actually happens at the beginning of the next school year, where you'll use your new skills and confidence to start the new year right. So let's go through these steps in detail. So step number one is to create a good classroom management plan. And I will say here, we talked a little bit about this last week, but I think sometimes teachers that are newer or teachers that are struggling with classroom management think that they don't really need a written plan because expert teachers don't need a written classroom management plan. But I want you to think for a minute about the difference between a world-renowned chef and a beginning cook who's hardly ever cooked anything before. Does a world-renowned chef need a recipe to create an incredible dish? 
They don't. (laughs) Does a beginning cook need a recipe? Probably. It's certainly going to be helpful, right? What's the difference? While the world-renowned chef has so many skills and knowledge, they know what, what foods work well together, what all the spices are like, what to pair, what not to pair. Uh, they know all the techniques without having to refer to a recipe, right? But a beginner cook doesn't have all that skill and knowledge and confidence, and so it's really helpful for them to have a plan that they can follow rather than just thinking on their feet and who knows how that's going to go, right? And the same thing is true of us as teachers. You may find that there's a point, and some of you listening might be at that point, where you have enough skills and confidence you have, and you have so many tools in your like classroom management tool belt, as it were, that you don't feel like you need a pl- to write out a plan of how you're going to respond to things because you just know you can handle whatever comes up. That that confidence comes with the skill and experience that you have. But if you're either newer or you've just always struggled with classroom management, and so, or maybe you're in a new situation that you're not used to, you might find yourself going, ooh, but I'm not confident. I'm really not sure. And in that case, having the plan is so helpful. So when we write the plan, it has five parts to it. Um, The first part is procedures. So you want to think through what are the best procedures for my classroom? And we have a list in CM101 of all a bunch of different areas to consider. But you want to think through what areas do I have in my classroom? What procedures do I have now? Which ones are working? Which ones aren't? And which ones do I need to revamp? Secondly, you want to clarify your expectations. A lot of times we actually are not clear on what we expect. Um, You know, for example, even taking something as simple as talking. Chances are your rule isn't no talking ever. Do you have clarity on your mind on when students are allowed to talk and when they're not and what talking level is appropriate in various situations? If you're not clear in your own mind about that, how on earth can you properly communicate it with the students, right? So we go through all kinds of different areas and that's what you want to do. Think through all these different areas and consider what should I expect of my students in this area? And there's not necessarily a right and wrong answer for that. It's up to you. Um, But just getting clear where your lines are. Number three is logical consequences. Um, It's really um, valuable to sit down and consider what consequences, first of all, are already being used in my school, like that that basically are consistent across the board, um, either from the administration or just all the teachers do it, um, and what actions produce those consequences. And then to consider, are there holes? Like, are there things that, some, for example, sometimes um, in the school I taught at, there were detentions, but they were a really big deal. And so I didn't want to give a detention for something small. So there was this hole there where if, you know, big things could get a detention, but smaller things I didn't know what to do with. So that's a hole where you need to come up with, well, what are some ideas for consequences that I could use that are smaller? And so that's what you want to consider there. Uh, Number four is positive reinforcement. So considering what kinds of rewards and positive motivation do I want to use in my classroom and then planning for that so it doesn't fall through the cracks when things get busy. And then finally, as we talked about last week, we put it all together with responses to misbehavior. This is the most important part of the plan where you take all of that work of clarifying expectations and thinking about consequences and positive motivation and put it all together and say, okay, how am I going to respond? 
what exactly am I going to say when a student backtalks me? What am I going to do when a student cheats? How should I respond when a student blurts out an answer? And you put together a plan so that you know what to do in all these situations. So if you've never done this before, I want you to imagine for a moment how much more clarity you will have when you have this written plan. And that's been the experience of some teachers that we've worked with. Um, Margaret, for example, said she had a really challenging class and never felt in control. And she got really discouraged and actually got to the point where she was questioning if she was doing the right thing to be a teacher. But she said it made such a difference having a plan. She says, now I feel like I have very definite plans and strategies to turn to, and it's made all the difference. I love Bridget's um, story. Um, She was one of our students a few years ago, and she said that she struggled so much with classroom management that she cried about once a week and was ready to walk out, and her students were just taking advantage of her and her lack of confidence, and they were acting out just all the time. But she said now she has confidence in her classroom management. She says, we are practicing and correcting and consistent with consequences and procedures. And as a result, she says, I have my students wrapped around my finger. And she actually loves teaching again. I loved that. Um, I thought that was such a big encouragement. So step one, create your plan. Step two, practice. Put your plan into practice. I'm sorry, put your plan into action and practice responding consistently. So once you have your plan ready, it's, of course, time to implement it. But the challenge is that if it's the middle of the year, which it is, if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out, it's March, so it's still kind of not, not the middle of the year, but, you know, you're, we're still in the thick of it, right? And turning um, a classroom around mid-year is a little bit like trying to turn the Titanic or a huge ship. It's not going to turn on a dime. It's going to be slow going. So what you can do, because, and, and, and you know why, right? It's because you have all that inertia of bad habits that you're trying to to. Uh, adjust and that's tricky. So one thing you can do is force a reset with a classroom shakeup. And we've actually talked about this before on the podcast. So if you want to learn more about classroom shakeups, we teach it in Classroom Management 101, but it's also talked about I also talk about it way back in episode 3, like episode three of this entire podcast, um, you can find out a little bit more about how to do a shakeup. But the idea is that you do something tangible to get your students' attention and shake things up about a bit and help them see that things are going to be different. After your shakeup, then you want to teach your new procedures and expectations and go back to last week's episode to learn our four-step process that you want to use to teach procedures. And then once you've done your shakeup and you've taught the new procedures and expectations, then you're going to practice responding consistently. And it does take practice. You're not going to be perfect, but you're going to get better and better at responding consistently with the plan you already have, right? You already have written down how you're going to respond consistently, um, and now you just need to do it. As you start to respond more consistently, your students are going to start to respect the new boundaries and very gradually, but consistently, um, things are going to improve. But more importantly at this point than the student's behavior improving is the fact that your skills and confidence are improving. You are starting to be more confident in dealing with misbehavior and being consistent and feeling like, okay, I can do this. I know what I'm doing. And that is even more valuable as we'll see here in a minute. 
Um, I love Becca's story. Um, she talks about how her classroom was really transformed. Um, students started showing more respect. She said it took about four weeks and students were showing more respect and taking more responsibility. She said not only did behaviors decrease, but the students were more engaged and productive. And she actually felt like she was able to teach more because she wasn't dealing with numerous problems per class, which I just loved. So step one is to create your plan. Step two, put it into practice. Step three is adjust. Troubleshoot areas that aren't working. So the reality is that no plan is perfect. And if we recognize that ahead of time and we embrace that, what happens is that rather than being frustrated when our plan doesn't work perfectly, we just plan on it. And we recognize that nothing is perfect and that that's okay. So in Classroom Management 101, we teach a troubleshooting process called ISTI, I-S-D-I. And it stands for this. Step one is to identify the problem, pinpoint what is the issue, what's going wrong. Step two is to seek out solutions, um, figure out, okay, what are some things I could do? Step three is decide what to change. And then step four is implement the solution. There's nothing like magically groundbreaking about this process except that the magic is in actually doing it. So often when we have so many problems in our classroom, we're just overwhelmed by them and we don't actually sit and troubleshoot them one by one. We just feel overwhelmed. But when you have a plan, it's much more easily to recognize, okay, this part of the plan isn't working. Then we can take it and be like, okay, let's troubleshoot it. Let's find a new solution and try that. And that is really powerful because challenges, rather than just being frustrating and just stressful, they actually become the launch point to make us better. And as we seek out new solutions and try new things, we're actually continuing to grow our skills and adding more and more tools to our, you know, as it were, classroom management toolbox so that we become more and more effective. And we also stop fearing behavior issues because we know if something comes up, I just have to figure out what to do. I don't have to be afraid of student misbehavior. I just have to figure out how to deal with it. And that is such an important change. Um, Daphne talked a little bit about this. Um, She talked about um, how she recognized a problem. She said, I finally nailed down my biggest trigger. It was having everyone call my name and demand answers right then and there. So I recognized that. And now that I know that, I'm working with my kids on how to raise hands. She said, my next piece I'm going to work on is classroom chatter and volume and then focus on assignments and activities. So she was demonstrating in this um, in this testimonial she sent us of how valuable it was to focus on one thing and then on the next. So, so far, number one, we've made the plan. Number two, put it into practice. Number three, adjust. Oh, and I will say, it, part of step three, um, when we teach us in Classroom Management 101, we also spend some time in step three talking about how we can prevent problems. That's really valuable too. Um, step four, though, is to restart. So at this point, We're going to use the new skills and confidence that you've been building with steps one, two, and three and use them to start the next school year right. So step four is time bound. Steps one, two, and three can take as short or as long as you you want. But step four happens at the start of the next school year. 
Because as you've been writing your plan and implementing it and adjusting it, you've hopefully seen some steady and gradual improvement in student misbehavior and your classroom is hopefully running more smoothly. But as we talked about, what's more important that's happening is that your skills and confidence are increasing. In many cases, like way more quickly than your students' behavior is increasing. So your students' behavior is getting better, but your skills and confidence are really growing. Um, So during the school year when you're trying to change things, you're fighting the negative inertia of bad habits. But when you take the skills and confidence that you've built internally and you take them and you start the next school year right with with a clear plan, clear expectations, and all that confidence and skills you've built, something kind of magical happens. The student behavior takes a huge leap because there's no bad inertia there. You are able to start off right, and they will take you more seriously in most cases right off the bat. Um, Last week, we talked about kind of the tangible and intangible importance of procedures. Like all of that is going for you rather than against you. And it makes such a big difference. Students respond with a lot more respect and your classroom runs a lot more smoothly right off the bat. Kara experienced this um, when she like thought about all this and was ready to start the school year right. She said, I feel so much more confident this year. I've started my year with clear and firm expectations and I'm not letting the little things go this time around. And as a result, she says, my classroom is operating much more efficiently. Thank you so much. Um, And Lynette said that um, what we taught really gave her the confidence to put changes in place, and they benefited her and her students from day one. She said the respect level is definitely higher than it's been in the past. So that's the process. Step one, plan. Step two, practice. Step three, adjust. And step four, restart. So I hope this really inspires you to sit down and start working on your classroom management plan. It is a time investment, but it is absolutely so worth it. And actually next week, we're going to have um, someone on, Laura is going to come on and share with us her experience of writing and implementing a classroom management plan um, so that you can hear firsthand from someone that's gone through this process. I can't wait to share that interview with you. If though you feel like, Linda, I do see the value of writing a classroom management plan, but I really could use some help. I don't really feel like I am confident to sit down and write it myself. Um, We would love to invite you to join us in Classroom Management 101, where we will be helping students, where we are helping students, and we'd love to help you um, actually create and implement that plan. We walk you through it step by step in the all new Classroom Management 101. And I will say, I've talked about Classroom Management 101 before, um, but this is an all new version. We've completely redone it, and it's focused all around this exact process that I just talked you through in this episode here. So you can find out all about the all new Classroom Management 101 and it's actually on sale right now um, at teachfortheheart.com slash new. Teachfortheheart.com slash new because this is a brand new thing that we've put together for you, the all new Classroom Management 101. Now, before we go, I do have one other really important piece of advice to get give you. I've gone through the entire process with you, but I want to say it is so important not to forget to invite God into this process. He cares about everything and he's called you to teaching. So don't forget that you can talk to him about your classroom management challenges. 
and ask him to guide you to solutions. So if you're making a plan and you say, man, I don't know what to do about this. Yes, we can talk to people and ask them for solutions, but we can and should also pray about it and ask God to guide us. Sometimes he puts thoughts in our mind. Um, sometimes he directs us to scripture. Sometimes he directs us to a person or a resource that can help us. But regardless, invite God into this process because he cares and he wants to help us in this. And it's such a blessing to do life with God in that way um, by talking to him and depending on him each step of the way and definitely in our classroom management. So let's take a moment and pray about that right now. Father, thank you that you do care about everything and that you are with us always. And we just praise you for that. Teacher, take a moment and praise God and thank him um, that he is with you and that he cares about teaching. Take a few minutes and pray about a specific classroom management challenge that you're experiencing right now. Invite God to work in your classroom and ask him to work in your students' hearts and to also guide you to the solutions that you need. We thank you, Father, that you hear us, that you care. Pray that you will bless each teacher listening, Father. Guide them and direct them, work in them and in their students. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you again so much for being here. I hope you're enjoying this podcast series so far. Remember, all the notes and links um, from this podcast series are at teachfortheheart.com slash management. And you can also use that link to share this series with your friends and colleagues. Next week, we'll be finishing up this series. I know it's going so quickly um, with a interview with a teacher who has gone through the process of creating and implementing a classroom management plan. I really enjoyed hearing her perspective, and I know that you will as well. So be back here next week for that. And of course, we warmly invite you to join us in the all new Classroom Manager 101, which is on sale right now at a reduced rate. So head to teachfortheheart.com slash new to get details about that or to sign up now. Thank you for being here. I can't wait for next week. In the meantime, teacher, remember God is at work in you and through you. Keep your eyes on him and teach for the heart. <laughs>